0: Welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique paths. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. Hello, I am so, so excited to share today's episode with you. When I first listened to what Rachel shares here, I was first sentimental as she shared her vision and what inspired it, and then I was very edified as she shared some important truths about what inspires us to be able to keep our habits and accomplish the goals that we set for ourselves. And then as she shared some key actions that she puts into her life, I got really excited to do certain little things that will help me be my best version of myself. It is amazing how Heavenly Father places certain people or ideas or books in our path right when we need them. But before I tell you how that was the case with Rachel and her family, I want to first say that I believe all parents are homeschoolers. And by that I mean that we all school our children on the most important things at home we may outsource some of that to schools or programs or classes like math or grammar or sports but the bulk of their education, the most important part, their character, to be kind, to be honest, to look out for one another, to work hard, all of those things are mostly taught at home. We are always schooling their character. And for me, I had to actually homeschool in order for me to understand this important truth. I had assumed that the school would educate my kids, which was a terrible assumption because That responsibility was mine, and I was simply choosing to outsource some of it to the school. And so perhaps that's why I was led to read the book, A Thomas Jefferson Education, Teaching a Generation of Leaders for the 21st Century. Before that, I certainly did not understand my role, nor how to fulfill it. Looking back, it is interesting to consider that I first heard about the book when my daughter was in first grade and I had not the slightest inkling to homeschool. She was doing well in her classes, and I thought the social environment was good for her because she was really shy and reserved. But I was running with a friend whose son was also in first grade, and he was not getting along well with his teacher. So she was considering pulling him out because she didn't really like sending him into that environment each day where she knew that his teacher didn't really like him. And I honestly thought she was a little nuts, but also really admired her courage in doing that. And I was just so glad that my daughter was getting along with her teacher because I knew I did not have the qualifications I needed in order to actually teach her at home. But she did eventually decide to pull him out. And as she did, she started researching a lot of books on education and figuring out how to do it. And she told me about a book she was reading, which was a Thomas Jefferson education, and as we would run, she would share with me some of the things that the book was teaching her, and they really resonated with me. I felt that they were true, and I wanted to apply some of them in my own home when my daughter was not in school. So funny enough, my path eventually also led me to pull my kids out of school, and I talk about that in the pre-launch episode number four if you want to hear about how that was and get a good laugh, but um, as I was trying to figure out how to do it, I remembered this book that Angela had talked about. And so I bought that and a few other books on education so that I could start preparing myself. And as I read the DeMille's book, again, it really resonated with me and I I felt so much light as I read it. But I wasn't sure how to apply it in an everyday sort of way. And I was reading another book that actually laid out the whole schedule and what I needed to teach on what day. And so I decided to go with book number two while trying to keep the principles of book number one in my heart. But as you know, if you listen to episode, pre-launch episode four, that didn't work out so well for me. The principles of agency in education don't really go well with force. Um, They're opposed to each other. And so no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't reconcile the two. I ended up in tears most of the nights because I was so frustrated and exhausted from trying to make it work. You know, I had good kids and they were obedient, but they weren't exactly cooperating with the full schedule I had set for them. So I became very interested in Rachel DeMille. Her husband had written the book, but I knew that she was mostly the one in the trenches actually trying to apply the principles in her home. And I wanted to know how she did it and if it was working. Agency for my children felt terrifying. What if they didn't choose to learn? What if they were too little for agency and then I would mess them all up if I tried? But as I watched Rachel through her classes and courses, I really came to admire her and her family. I'd hear about the books her children were choosing to read and about their love of learning and how self-motivated they were. They all seemed so close and so focused on what really mattered. And I think perhaps that's why I got a little emotional as I listened to Rachel share her story in this episode because she talked about a family who inspired a vision in her that she wanted to also have. And Rachel's family was that family for me. I wanted the relationships they had and the curiosity and the work ethic and the excitement for learning and living that they displayed. So because of her willingness to step out of her comfort zone, to find what was true, and to actually lead out in doing it in the scary agency-based educational philosophy where you have to trust your children are divinely designed to grow and progress, I was able to see that it was possible, that I didn't have to force an education on my children, and instead I could follow the principles and create the environment that they talked about that would inspire them to want it, to seek it, and to do the hard work to attain it. And so now many, many years later, as I have tried to live the principles of education I learned, I have seen that they were right. We now also have those strong family bonds that come from trusting each other's potential and ability to grow. And my very shy little girl is now a very social, outgoing college student And we have an environment of learning in our home where everyone is curious and loves to read, to study, and to develop their unique talents to make the world a better place. So to say that I am grateful for her influence is an extreme understatement. As you'll hear in this episode, everything about Rachel screams inspiring. So here is her story. Karen, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me
1: to join you on your Warrior Family Podcast launch. I'm honored and I'm thrilled because I just love what you stand for. Um, you asked me to talk about what nudged me to start doing the work I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, when you first suggested this question, <laughs> I, had, I don't know, I had one of those um I had kind of a deja vu moment, but it wasn't a deja vu moment. It was like an imposter syndrome moment. And I had to ask myself, what is the work I'm doing? What is it I stand for? What is it? And that's just, uh, that's just funny because I do, I feel like I live a really purpose-driven life. Um, I remember when I was in my teens and um, I'm the youngest of six kids. And my sister, who was just older than me, is four years older than me. And she got married young. She was like, I guess, 21. And I didn't marry till I was 25. So there was like an eight year span of her being married and me not being married. And so I was watching pretty closely, I'm not going to lie, to see how her life unfolded and how her choices unfolded. And I remember thinking that I really, really liked the family culture that she and her husband were building. They had chosen to homeschool and I really don't have any consciousness of knowing anything about homeschool before this point. I'm sure I must have been aware of it, but you know, it, it didn't really register on my radar and it wasn't like something I thought about or, or had an opinion about even, but when they chose to homeschool, I was watching pretty closely and I really, really liked how grounded their family felt and how connected their family felt. And I remember thinking, I like the way that feels. I like the way that tastes in my heart. And I want that for my family. And then after my husband and I married and we were just getting started with our family. And I don't remember distinctly the conversations, but I knew we decided together that that we wanted to homeschool. He, He likewise looked at that family culture and thought, you know, there's a lot there that we could learn from. I mean, you can't really ever duplicate anybody else's, even if you wanted to. But there was a lot there that we wanted for our own family. And I remember he was invited to speak at a private school in San Diego. And as part of it, uh, the the sponsors arranged for us to stay with a family there who had children in this private school. And they had at the time probably, I want to say seven kids it was a big family and they were, they were just delightful. We we made a connection right away. And some of their kids were already in their teens. And I remember watching these kids sit in this, you know, they have this big sectional couch and I remember walking past this one time and seeing these teenage girls just sort of draped across each other, like a litter of puppies talking and laughing in this sectional and thinking wow that is so different from what the world presents as family relationships and the 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 warmth and familiarity that that people feel in in families and and i'm sure that neither my sister's family nor this this other family this was the logan family i'm sure that that they're not perfect and that they had their times of strife and selfishness and, and drama. I'm, every, every family does. But I was already familiar with the strife and the selfishness and the drama because it, it was everywhere to be seen in popular culture, in the way that, you know, books had sibling rivalries and, and si- sibling snottiness and just teasing and cruelty. And so the, the negatives that you just know that every family is going to have their, their share of. Sure. I already knew about that what I didn't realize was that this idyllic family culture was also something that you could aspire to and was also something in reach. And so seeing first my sister Holly's family and then Neil and Sherry Logan's family, I just, I remember going to Sherry and saying, what do I have to do to have what you have? And, you know, Sherry is a very articulate advocate for families, for um, family dynamics, and for relationships, and for learning, and for teaching. She's, she has written and talked on this extensively. And so I know she could have really just, you know, da, 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 given me a list of the things to do, given me assignments, or given me... You know what she said to me? She said, you're going to be just fine, Rachel. You are on track. And that to me was such an affirmation that it doesn't require, you know, a wave of a wand. It doesn't require loads of money or all the stars to align that you really can apply some principles in your family culture to have your best family life. It doesn't now. Some, some kids are harder than others and some families have different struggles. That one is a given. That is a given, but to bypass the unnecessary stuff and to totally embrace and claim the privilege of, of warm family relationships, that was something that I felt empowered to do. And my husband and I talked a lot and he was a great studier and reader at that time when I was having, you know, babies in succession. Our first three came really quick together. So I was very much involved with that and didn't do a lot of reading, I'm not going to lie. But I remember the conversations that we had and the, the things that he would bring to say, you know, what about this? What about that? He was really conscientious and deliberate about the decisions and the priorities and the values that he wanted to establish for our home. We talked about it a lot and made decisions a lot together about what we wanted it to, to feel and taste like. So I have to say that seeing the example of what could be made all the difference for me in starting out on the path that we are on now. And now, literally 30 years later, who says 30 years later? Old people say that. I don't feel that old. But yeah, I've got 30 years of water under the bridge. And I can say, you know what? Sherry was right. We were on the right track. And it totally happened. As with any family, we have our, our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our pettiness and our, our times when there's hurt feelings. But it's also so much more than that. My kids are each other's best friends and they prefer each other's company to pretty much anything else. And they look for opportunities to include each other in the, the high times and the low times. And, you know, my oldest kid is 30. My youngest is 15 and it's, it's everything I hoped it would be. It really, the principles really do work. So the second question you asked me is what is a guiding principle in your life that motivates you to keep going when things are hard? I have to say on this one, having a sense of what I am for makes all the difference. My husband co-authored a book called Thomas Jefferson Education for Teens and Every Adult Who Wants to Change the World. And in this book, there's a section that helps you kind of go through some workshops and exercises to define the real you, to get to know what makes you tick, what moves you, what what is deep inside that that feels like your sense of purpose. And in the process of reviewing the that those workshops and those real you exercises. I came to feel that I am, yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I'm a mother. And and yes, I am a daughter of God. And nothing is more important to me than those, those things. That's who I am. But what I am for, I feel like why I'm here on this earth, the thing that I can contribute to make a difference for good, that is I'm here to heal families. And with that clarity... I not only feel like my gifts really do make a difference. There's no futility in in any of my days because I know it matters what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm, I'm good at it and I'm getting better at it. And there's no, there's no hardship that can overcome that sense of purpose because it just matters too much. So I would say knowing not just who you are, but what you're for makes all the difference. So In response to the question, what is a habit that you have that helps you have the time, energy, direction, or resources to do the work you feel called to do? Two things come to mind on that. First of all, I've discovered recently that I have some key actions that if I do them when I first wake up, the rest of my day goes very much better and very differently than if I don't. I used to think that my key actions were the things that were the single most important things to me, like saying my prayers or um, my devotionals. And like I say, those are the things that are most important to me, but turns out they're not my key action. The thing that actually puts me on track is when I first get up, (laughs) this is crazy. When I first get up, I take my supplements and I put on my makeup. If I do those two things and end with, uh, uh, there are several, other, you know, make my bed, say my prayers. And I end with writing in my journal. I start with putting on my make- makeup. I end with, with writing in my journal. If I do that, then so much else happens. I'm ready for whatever opportunity. Like if I get some brainstorm of something, I want to do a Facebook Live. Well, guess what? I'm already dressed enough for it. And I'm not going to get all sidetracked trying to get ready to do my Facebook Live. And so many other things like that. Just By getting those things out of the way first thing in the day, that's my key action to having my day go smoothly and having clarity on my purpose for that day. Uh, I will say that I don't think that my rhythm, my routine is the key action for other people. It, you know, theoretically could be. My point isn't you should put on your makeup first thing before you say your prayers, because for me, I'm always going to say my prayers. I'm just going to. But I don't always put on my makeup and it makes a difference. Right. And, and I actually got this when I was, I was going through sort of a rut where I just kept feeling like the days and the were, were blending together. It was one of those COVID crises, right. Where I just felt like the days were blending together and my stress was mounting. Cause I didn't feel like I was accomplishing what I was supposed to be accomplishing. And I, I felt like my life was just sort of out of control and I needed to kind of pound a stake in the ground and say okay this is my starting point and as i pondered on that the inspiration i got was that routine start with your makeup and your supplements because of the, those those are two things that were really important in terms of my effectiveness and my productivity and my health and they were too often forgotten so by putting those things first i had confidence i had a sense of clarity i, I had a sense of momentum for my day and that made a huge difference the other thing i said there were two things and and one was my morning routine the other thing is my evening routine and again there are things that i i do routinely like i do a bunch of yoga stretching before bed i say my prayers and you know the the whole take off your makeup and you brush your teeth out i i don't those things you almost don't even have to mention because it's so obvious that you're going to do them the thing that for me makes a huge, huge difference is before I go to bed, when I read out of a cookbook or a science book having to do with my health goals, it changes everything for like the next two or three days in terms of my choices, my my motivation to make good choices for my health and for my well-being and for the family. I'm I'm way less likely to go pick up fast food for dinner. I'm way more likely to start the dehydrator with kale chips. <laughs> but i it turns out that what I know doesn't move me to act. What I feel is what moves me to act. And what I feel, um, it fades. It fades. Even though I know the same things one day after another about my health, what I feel about my health doesn't stay with me. So by reading in a cookbook and saying, oh, my gosh, that looks so good. I, I don't have the stuff for that, but I can make this thing. And, and I just my, it really gets the juices flowing on doing things that are more in line with my ideals for my health. And I feel it. And, it and it it shapes the way my thoughts go and it shapes my my desires. I find that when I have righteous desires, there's nothing can get in my way. And just having good intentions is not the same thing as righteous desires. I have to want something to really move through, to slog through the opposition or the stress or the whatever is getting in my way. And by, before I go to bed, if I focus on, the, the lifestyle thing that I'm trying to do, whether it's I want to incorporate more math in my homeschool, so I'm going to study math before bed, or whether it's I want to um, make my own condiments, so I'm going to be looking in my fermenting cookbook before bed. Whatever my lifestyle focus is right then that I'm not really getting to or not finding my choices in line with my, my aspirations, if I study that right before bed for literally just three or four minutes is enough it makes all the difference in my choices the next day and a couple of days thereafter so i hope this has been helpful it's been really fun for me to kind of set my head in this space and 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 answer these questions for you it gets me even more motivated to to do what i feel like i was born to do and i hope that it makes a difference for others and i i applaud you for the work you're doing someday maybe i'll i'll call on you to help me launch my own because that's something i, I want to do but anyway god bless and Thank you so much for including me.
0: Rachel, thank you so much. Isn't she just so inspiring, you guys? I just am so grateful that she was willing to speak. I really, really hope she starts a podcast soon because I could listen to her all day. Um, For now, she's posting inspiring messages on her Leadership Education Homeschool Discussion Facebook group. And you can get the books and the courses and many resources on the TJED.com website. They have so many things that weren't available when I first started homeschooling that can teach you how to actually apply these principles in your home. One of my favorites is the Mentoring in the Classics course. Those discussions really help you see what this looks like and also leave you feeling full of insight and excitement to learn that translates to your kids feeling the same way. And if you have older kids, you can even do it with them. But at the very least, I really think that everyone, whether you're outsourcing some of the education of your children to the schools or anywhere else, should really read the book, A Thomas Jefferson Education, because like I said, we all homeschool our children to an extent on the most important things. And this book gives you the principles that help you be able to do that in a way that is effective and inspiring and based on true principles of education that every parent should know. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit warrioreducation.com. And I'll see you there.